0: Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 14, season three of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction. Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM, NHL.com is our guest today, going over a Leaf run that had three straight wins, followed by a loss Thursday night in Detroit, getting set for a big game in Boston on Saturday. Before we get going, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild-card round action is Drafting Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend just place any nfl bet of your choice and if it loses you'll get a free bet back up to ten dollars action is so good why bet nfl playoffs anywhere else Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. So, the hockey story. What do we have? Well, it's kind of a limbo part of the schedule. A win at home to Detroit last Saturday, a win in Philadelphia the next night. And then a couple of days off, a squeaker win over Nashville on home ice and then a loss in Detroit on Thursday. The story is Austin Matthews missed the Nashville and Detroit games and you're hoping it's nothing to worry about. And maybe it's a collection of other things and maybe we're connecting the dots where there are no dots. We don't really know. The big item this week is the Saturday game in Boston. Boston coming off a regulation home ice loss Thursday to Seattle. And so the expectation is the Bruins, with their first regulation home ice loss of the season, would follow that up with a second consecutive home ice loss? Hmm. Let's check out our conversation with Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM and NHL.com. Okay, Dave, uh, let's just go through the week. Uh, Nashville was a nice win, although it wasn't overwhelming. Uh, The Detroit loss left a little to be desired, to say the least. So where do you have the Leafs right now? I'm
1: fairly pleased with what I've seen out of Toronto of late. I mean, they were going so well in November, and the early part of December. you're, You're bound to hit a little bit of a, you know, how shall we say, a hurdle in the schedule at times, unless, of course, you're Boston. But then they finally lost last night to Seattle. So, um, you know, the Leafs have been picking up points. They've won three in a row there. Um, I'm fine with where they are right now. Uh, obviously, not having Matthews the last couple of games affects the look of their team. And I think in both games, uh, Nashville and Detroit, you you could have said that, man, you, you missed them a little bit, right? I, I said yeah. on Wednesday when it was a goalies duel between UC Saros and Matt Murray with the Predators, I said in the early third period, I said, man, a Matthews goal would look real nice right now. And, and that's what you miss when you don't have a guy like that. You don't have that, that game breaker who, with one shot, can change the complexion of the game. They really had to grind their way to a win that night. And then, quite frankly, I thought on Thursday against Detroit, it looked like one of those classic second-to-back-to-backs with travel-type games. And credit to the Leafs, they've been really good in the second of back to back games uh, this year but they just didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of punch offensively I thought last night and you know ultimately Detroit they did and and they took that one. So I'm okay with where the Leafs are and I think it's gonna be really exciting now as we set up for the game on Saturday. A clash of the no joke, top two teams in the National League, but in this case both coming off losses. The Leafs and the Boston Bruins.
0: Yeah, I was going to say even though they'd won three straight games over Detroit, Philadelphia and Nashville and then lost in Detroit on Thursday night that this may be this may be the least version of of getting set or focusing on Boston because let's be honest this is the game of the year for the Leafs at this point.
1: Oh, I, if not the game of the, the year in the whole National League quite honestly. I
0: yeah. mean
1: that like again no joke we're we're into January, well into January now and you get a match of the top two teams in the league that just happen to be in the same division. Um, No, that's a big deal. You know, that's going to be a real uh, measuring stick, a real test to see where the Leafs are at. And remember, the Leafs beat Boston on home ice back uh, in early November. So they've had some success against Boston. Um, This is going to be a a real test. I can kind of understand that, you know, I I don't, they won't admit to it, but maybe their minds drifted a little bit. Remember, the dad's trip is going on right now as well. So you're sort of out of your routine to an extent. I think a lot of things worked against them on Thursday where they just weren't at their best. But, you know, like I said, I I think to conclude the dad's trip on Saturday in Boston uh, against the Bruins and what that game represents, I'm really excited to see how that one pans out.
0: Yeah, and with no Austin Matthews against Nashville and Detroit, you you said this earlier, wouldn't a Austin Matthews goal go good, go good now? I think if we went back to that Nashville game, you'd see on the power play what, what a uh, remarkable difference, and I mean that in a negative fashion, that the least power play is without Austin Matthews. It just it didn't seem to pose any threat, and even in the Detroit game last night, if you put Austin Matthews in that lineup, he tends to back people off just because yeah. of what he can do, and there was no fear in Detroit on Thursday night.
1: No, you're right. I liked what Sheldon Keefe said after the game on Wednesday when he was asked about the power play. And remember, the Leafs had gone over their first four until Marner finally scored late um, at the tail end of that double minor. And Sheldon said, "Wow, geez, it was it was ugly, right? It was it was an ugly look on the power play, but it it won us the game. So the coach is going to keep his mouth shut." Uh, <laughs> I think that's a good example of, of Sheldon recognizing where where they are at this point in the season, it's a long season, can't get on the guys too much sometimes because he starts to tune you out, wasn't pretty, no, um, it did come through uh, at the end of the game, it did win you the game, and to not have Matthews, if there's if there's anywhere they really miss him most, uh, despite the fact that they still have Nylander, Marner, and, and Tavares prowling around in the power play, I think they miss Matthews quite a bit on the man advantage just because of what he represents, right? Like he creates space for other guys on the ice simply because you have to respect him. Um, you, you have to gap up on him you have to stay within, you know, sticks reach of him. Otherwise he's going to burn you if you give him too much time to walk, uh, walk right down the pipe, um, you know, and at even strength as well. If anything, it just re-slots your lineup better where, you um, you know, you, you move Kerfoot down into the third line. Uh, he was playing up the lineup yesterday between, uh, or uh, Thursday, I should say, on um, on Bunting and Nylander's line. So it, it just it, it's amazing how the absence of one guy up your lineup can fundamentally alter the look of your team, not just by what you miss from that individual not being in the lineup, but the way the rest of your lineup looks when they're not there. And just to, to use another example, you know, Seattle this year is really coming on. They've won seven in a row. And a lot of people have been saying to me, Jim, like, what's the difference with Seattle this year? I mean, like, they, they don't really have that dramatically different a team. I said, well, no, but they've also dropped in a guy in Matty Veneers who's playing top line center, who's, you know, headed to the All Star game. And they went out and they got Andre Berkovsky in the offseason. So it's amazing how much uh, more uh, appropriately slotted your lineup is when you can drop in a number one center and a top six winger out of nowhere. Suddenly, all of the guys that you had last year that are still good players, but now they're playing down the lineup a little bit and getting a little bit weaker competition. So now their game elevates because they're in a better position to succeed. Um, And you've got guys above them in the lineup that are just simply better players that are doing their thing. That's, That's how you move forward as a team. So you lose Matthews if you're Toronto. You lose a lot, obviously, not having him in the lineup. But your lineup looks just simply different when he's not there.
0: Yeah, you know, we spent a lot of time talking this year about how the Leafs seemed to be able to go with next man up, except for with Austin Matthews out, except for, I think, the, the big four, the fab four up front. If you lost one of those guys, it would take uh, the elements out of your lineup from the player and what the player contributes to everybody else. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any way around it. If that's any other team and they lose a the top four player, then, they're going to struggle. I think you sort of nailed it there with the the difference between Seattle then and now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and and let's, let's give credit where credit is due on the blue line. The Leafs have been decimated by injuries this year and and not just by your five, six guy, but like top guys, Morgan Riley, uh, Jake Muzzin hasn't played TJ Brody's been in and out of the lineup. Those are legit guys. And they have found a way to um, play real structured hockey um goaltending has been good and as you point out the top four are forwards the big four they until until wednesday with matthews they they had been in the lineup every day and i think all four of them have been having fantastic years so when you got four guys like that that um can can really drive the, the bus offensively you know you can kind of coalesce around what you have behind them in the lineup and, and play simple, structured hockey. And I think that, to an extent, is why, for instance, and I'm not saying that Matthews was cheating last year when he got to 60, um, but, uh, but maybe that's why his goal total is down a little bit this year because, you know, him collectively as a group, they're just playing a little bit more structured hockey. They're not maybe taking quite as many chances, um, and I think that has been a function of, of what has happened through the first half of the year. In, in the injuries that they've had to endure on the back end. You, you couldn't play run-and-gun hockey with, with some of the personnel out of the lineup on the back end. You needed to play a, a much more controlled, um, managed, structured game um, in order to put Ws on the board, not Gs, because at the end of the day, Ws are the most important. You know, l- Let's be honest, right? If, if Matthews scores 44 goals this year, um, and the Leafs you know, make the playoffs comfortably and they, they go on a bit of a run, everybody's going to be way more happier than if he scores 63 in a regular year and they get pumped again in the first round, right?
0: Yeah. Now, Dave, you know we are doing an audio service, and so when there's a noise in the background, I have to ask what that was.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Geez, that's subtle. I'm surprised you uh, heard that. That was um, a, a carriage clock. It's an antique. It shined as we uh, reached, uh, I guess, 45 past the hour.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. It's very expensive.
1: Very expensive piece of
0: equipment here. We should get Rossi to announce, uh, you know, 45-minute mark of, <laughs> of the of the hour. <laughs> you should get him to record
1: that. Put it on
0: drop. Yeah. You can just slide <laughs> it in and post. That's right. Okay, so we've talked around everything but Austin Matthews. Now, you're the guy down in the trenches. I'm the guy up in the booth. Um, what's your best guess? And I hate to almost ask that, but what's your best guess that, uh, you know, a guy could be shut down for two games? We assume he's back against Boston. You know, is this – uh a maintenance thing, a nagging thing, something they're trying to avoid developing further. Or what's your read on that?
1: Yeah, I think what you said there at the end is is correct. I mean, my understanding was that um, it was more that he wasn't feeling quite like himself because of a, an illness on Thursday than it was what kept him out of a lineup on Wednesday that held him out against Detroit. So I haven't been able to pick up and like. I said this to to somebody yesterday, uh, Tatman, dealing with the Leafs when it comes to injuries is like trying to deal with Ferrari in Formula One when they have an accident. They throw a cloak over the car right away so nobody can see any secrets under the hood, so to speak, right? Yeah. So, but you can kind of get an idea based on reading between the lines of what you see in front of you. And when I showed up to practice on Tuesday and Matthews wasn't there... But they were practicing with Nylander at center and Pierre Engvall on that line with uh, Michael Bunting. I thought, yeah, I'm going to put my percentage of Matthews playing on Wednesday at, like, 20%. Because if the guy's just having a maintenance day, you know, they stick Wayne Simmons or whoever it might be who's not playing the next day. uh, Between Bunting and Nylander, uh, you take some drills, you, you know, skate around, you go home, and Matthews plays the next night. That's not what they did. So I thought, yeah, that, that doesn't look right to me. But um, in, in reading between the lines of what Sheldon Keefe has had to say, I, I haven't picked up any element of significant concern. Um, just more a thing that has been nagging him for a period of time. Not anything that was an acute injury um, on Sunday against Philly the last time he played, but just something that's been, been nagging him a little bit. And I think it's a smart play on the part of the Leafs right now uh, is, is that they've got the luxury of being able to be patient with a guy like Matthews or, or frankly, like TJ Brody as well. He's got a rib injury right now. I bet if it was the playoffs, he'd find a way to play. Um, but, but they've got the luxury of, of patience because they are in such a good spot in the standings. They're not going to catch Boston, I don't think, and I would be surprised if Tampa Bay catches Toronto. So, um, in saying all that, if you've got a guy like Matthews where something's been nagging and bothering, um, why don't you, you give him a little bit of time? Give him essentially a week, right, um, to to try to um, to rest so that it, it does not become a significant issue down the road. And one one other point that I'll add to, to illustrate my lack of, of significant concern. He took the morning skate on Wednesday against the predators. Optional, but he was on the ice. Um, so that's a good sign. If it's something significant, you don't see hiding or hair of the guy. So I think that's basically what it what it has been is using the luxury of patience that they have uh, to just try to give them a, a few days to hopefully have whatever is bothering them um, correct itself.
0: Yeah. And, you know, save them for Boston because uh, you want all hands on deck. Uh, so as, as I say that, um, you know, what are all hands on deck for the Leafs based on, you know, they've got a number of kids in the lineup and what would you expect them to line up like on Saturday night against Boston?
1: In terms of what the lineup would look like. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah I mean, it, let, let's assume for the purposes of this discussion that Matthews would be in the lineup. Yeah. um if if he is you know top two lines go back the way they they are I think yeah. you put Engvall back with uh with um with the uh, camp and Kerfoot and quite frankly I've, I've kind of liked Bobby McMahon's game in yeah. limited in limited uh sample sizes but I, I kind of he's got he's got a bit of a pep in his step he's a bigger guy um he's not afraid to go to the net I mean good call bad rule on thursday against detroit i think that probably should have counted again good call the call yeah. was made appropriately based on the rule my issue is i don't like the rule
0: i agree but, with you you
1: know anyway the guy goes to the net i, I like that in his game he's a straight line guy right like he's not a, a yeah. field that he chips it in gets in after it uh, i saw a number of occasions like that on wednesday against uh against nashville um, that's the type of guy that I want on my uh, on my third or fourth line, so I'd keep him in. To be honest with you, I'd sit Dryden Hunt out, um, and I put him obviously with Holmberg and uh, and Aston Reese. I have been I don't know what the right word is, just unimpressed. Maybe it's too negative, but I, I haven't seen much out of Dryden Hunt that makes me believe. Man, this guy's got to be in the lineup every night. He referred to himself as a difference maker when he got here um in term or a momentum changer i should say i haven't seen him change the momentum a lot in in saying that it's he's suggesting he's a physical guy he'll he'll play that straight line oh, i haven't noticed all that much out of dryden hunt so a fine depth guy but i'd be willing to give bobby mcmahon a little bit more of a run here i'd tuck him in on that line and you know on the back end tj brody won't be back um, I kind of liked how they lined up on Wednesday against Nashville. I think Connor Timmons would be in. I think they put Jordy Ben in last night, just simply because you know Sheldon's really good about this. But I think I think he wanted to try to get in Wayne Simmons as well, right? I think he wanted to try to get everybody in, in front of their dads. Um, so on a back to back, he slide in Jordy Ben, which was which was uh, you know I like things like that. I think that's important to keep guys alive over the year and and um, you know to make sure that. You give the guy a chance, in front of his dad. What's the point of the dad's trip otherwise? Against Detroit, right? When I was saying we have you have that luxury if you're the Leafs of, of not being concerned about every last point. You, you got to do something. Like that. I thought that was smart, but I'd fully expect Connor Timmins to be back in the lineup against Boston. I've, I've really liked his game. I, I really, yeah. really have. Um, he's he's a big guy. He's got a good shot. He's got a great first pass out of the zone um you know and as sheldon keith pointed out the other night i think it might have been on tuesday at practice that when he touches the puck in the defensive zone um nine times out of ten uh it's out of the zone like quickly a good first pass off the glass and he he's been really effective so um you know hall riley i thought that was a good pairing on um on, on wednesday against nashville uh, I like Geo and Timmins and Sandine and Lilligren have been have been fine. So that's how I'd expect it to go. And I would I would guess that Matt Murray gets the start, quite frankly, deserves it the way he played uh, on on Wednesday, where I thought that was and he's been good this year, but I think that might have been his best game as a Leaf against Nashville.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with what you said about McMahon. Uh, you know, when you watch him away from the puck, he, he angles his body to to pinch a guy off along the boards, which I think is, uh, you know, a lot of people don't do that anymore. That that seems to be like an old school thing where you, he, he knows his uh, dimensions and knows how to use it um, uh, much more consistently. But we've only seen him on a two game sample size, so you don't want to rush to judgment. But I agree with what you're saying. The other point is that the goaltending was a, a bit of a concern a while ago. It seems to be okay now.
1: Yeah, it's corrected itself. I mean, I think, quite honestly, Tapman, like people need to calm themselves down with the knee-jerk reactions all the time. Like, holy cow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for real. The goal, the goaltending was good on both counts through the first two and a half months of the year. Little hiccup around Christmas. Samsonov had three or four games where it wasn't his best. Murray had a few, you know, two or three games where he wasn't his best. Like, if, if you start your forty-five games, you're going to have like. Say ten, where you're just not at your best, right? Like it's just the way it's gonna go. Um, it 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 hasn't been a concern. They've been good, and I fully expected them to get to get their game back in order. And um, you know, both guys have. I, I wouldn't really hang it on on Samsonov on on Thursday against Detroit. I thought the team was just kind of blah, right? Yeah, like there wasn't a lot going on there. Um. But I, I thought he was excellent on, uh, on uh, Saturday against Detroit at home. He, he was really good. And, yep. and, and uh, he and Curtis Sanford uh, d- last Friday, the team had the day off. They did not take the day off. They went into the rink. Uh, they were on the ice. They were reviewing film of his last uh, three or four starts that were not uh, his best. And they really got his game back in a good spot. And Samsonov said that uh, after the game on, on Saturday. Um, and I know he was he was happy uh, because he said lots of smile, which is what he says when when he's good, feeling good after a win, right? So he, he's looking good. And like I said, Murray was was outstanding on on Wednesday. That was that was a real statement, I think, on the part of Matt Murray because UC Saros has been a guy this year uh, who has been a guy that that should be in the Vesna conversation. Uh, I think that. Um, his teammates think that. Ryan McDonough was telling me on, on Wednesday that you know he always knew that Saros was a good goalie when he was in Tampa Bay, McDonough. Um, but he said, man, has this guy ever exceeded my expectations this year? Um, and he said, it, it, very different sized guys, him and Andre Vasilevsky. But he said, like so many plays that he can remember this year, just like Vasilevsky, where you think it's a sure goal. And he comes flying across the net out of nowhere and and comes up with a stop. Um, So he thinks you should be in the best conversation. This is a guy that, um, if you're Matt Murray, not only were uh, the chances against, like high-caliber chances for Nashville, but you also knew that the Leafs were getting some pretty good chances as well. And Saros was coming up with some unbelievable saves. You had to match him save for save to give the team a chance to win, and he was able to do it. Um, so I thought that was a real good statement win on the part of, of Matt Murray that, you know, let's not get carried away here, but that's the kind of goaltending he provided to the Pittsburgh Penguins during their runs to the Stanley Cup, right? Like difference-making caliber goaltending. And if you see that out of Matt Murray, like I understand now why he's got two Stanley Cup rings. So I think the goaltending is going to be fine. The idea when they brought both these guys in was that, they were gonna come close to splitting the starts. You know, one guy might get fifty-five percent, another guy might get forty-five. Whoever it might be, but that one of them will be playing good at any given day. Well, first uh, two and a half months, both guys were playing good at the same time, and then unfortunately, you know, both guys went into the tank for about week ten days, and now I think they're they're back in good shape. So I really don't think goaltending is an issue, and I, I really do hope it stops the next time. You know, if, if three weeks from now, one guy has a, a tough game that we don't start right away. Oh, oh, goaltending problems again. Like, you know, Andre Vasilevsky loses games too, just so you know, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Nobody goes, uh, nobody has the perfect record. That includes all the goalies in the Hall of Fame. They do lose once in a while. So we'll end on that. Dave, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Always good, man. Thanks. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right. Thank you, Mike Ross. Yes guy, no guy. It all comes down to Saturday night in Boston. Ah, perhaps, guy. So I'm going to say it this way. If the Leafs win, it's a big moment, so that's a yes, guy. If the Leafs lose, how down will you be? I'm not going to be down. It's only January 14th. There's plenty of time to repair whatever ails them on Saturday night. So it all comes down to Saturday night in Boston. That's going to be a no, guy. The schedule has certainly hit the limbo stage. Well, prior to Saturday night in Boston, it has, so that's a yes, guy. Goaltending is back. An emphatic, all capital letters, hard, yes, guy, goaltending is back. And we'll end on this. The Leafs still need a top six forward to add to the mix. An emphatic yes guy they do. There's no way around that. Yes guy, yes guy, yes guy. Hope you enjoyed episode 14, season three of Leafs Sky. Hope you come back next week for episode 15.